What is up, everybody? My name is J-Rod with Baywood, and this is the Baywood Talk Show, and we have the most special guest here today. I'm so excited to have Alex Rome on the second Baywood Talk yeah. Show podcast What's ever. up, everybody? AR. AR made it. So everybody wants, you know, everybody knows who you are. You're a YouTube star. You're a YouTube star. I wouldn't call it a star, but... You're a superstar. Well, to a lot of people like me, you're definitely a star. And you changed our lives That's and made dope. us better producers. That's dope, bro. So we want to know the background story of you. First off, not before, not what you're doing now. What did you do growing up? What were your things? All that, you know... We want to hear it. Okay. So, uh, wait. How? So, you want to know growing up? Yes. I have to start that far back, huh? Yep. I want to know. Okay. So, growing up, I had nothing to do with music. A lot of people ask <laughs> me that a lot is, uh, do I have any musical background? And the answer is no, I don't. <laughs> I actually started out playing hockey when I was a child. And through hockey, we did that for like 10 years. And after that, I was actually <laughs> a dirt bike racer all of high school. <laughs> so, like, I raced motor motocross for five years of uh, during high school and a year before high school. And then when I got out of high school, I actually started college. And that's when I started soul-searching. And right. by the time I was 19... I bought my first beat pad, and three months after I bought that beat pad, I started uploading videos when I had no clue what I was doing. It was just uploading aimless tutorials just to try to start growing my fan base at an early stage in my music career. And here we the are. The very beginning. Yeah, here, <laughs> we, here we are four years later, and we're still doing it. Uh, but Still we're we're it. a little better at making music now, though. <laughs> right. So you know you got a beat pad. What actually made you get that beat pad? I was working with this dude. Um, his name was Ben. I'm gonna name drop. His name was Ben, and me and him were me and him were cool. He would always like he would always come into work and show me uh, a new beat that he had just made or something. And I just thought it was the sickest thing. Like he would, he would sit at home and make these beats with nothing but this uh, beat pad. And the beat pad was the uh, machine micro too that everybody was starting to get. And I was starting to see these things yep. pop up on my Facebook feed for like advertisements and stuff. Like it was just like a new thing. And I with the, with EDM, uh, EDM was just getting big at the time. Like well, it was kind of house. Yeah, like house? house music, like Avicii was, that's, it was like during those Avicii days where he was huge, Tiesto was huge, Armin was huge, um, and a lot of uh, rappers were getting big who were associated with the EDM industry, like Waka Flocka, and mm -hmm. I thought that was all really interesting, and I just said to myself, I was like, dude, like, if I leave work today out me and him were working like and he had showed me uh, a couple beats one day at work and i was like i was like dude if i if i leave work today and i go and buy this beat pad i really think i could get good at this and start doing this for a living because <laughs> this just looks <laughs> this looks awesome this is right. right up my alley because like i always had this obsession with looping 
stuff and adding stuff to a loop. Like I would download looping apps and shit like that. So I kind of had this little uh, idea of wanting to go farther into it. I had downloaded FL Studio when I was like 15 years old. I didn't know oh how to use it, but I wanted to use it because I, I remember see, would I would watch people on TV using FL Studio back when it was really like underdeveloped. Right. Yep. So, Did you know FL just got, um, it's able to be on Mac now? Really? Yep. So oh. I'm, I, I'm thinking about getting it, to be honest. Dude, I already own FL Studio. I'm just going to download that and start making my move because that's fucking sick. Um, yeah, but dude, anyway, yeah. I, I I was talking to this this guy this guy Ben one day. He was showing me his beats, and sure enough, I left work that day. It was just a it was like a dead end seven dollar an hour job, uh, minimum wage. Left work right. that day, ran to Guitar Center, um, and drained my bank account on a three hundred dollar beat pad. And <laughs> here we are. I'm sitting next to that beat pad. <laughs> Still, that's, wow, that's awesome. That that that's awesome. Like. So, you know, even at fi like 15 years old, it was kind of instilled, music was kind of instilled because you had FL, so you already had that kind of in the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah, I had it in the back of my mind, uh, couldn't figure out how to use it, thought you needed like extra equipment, like, as people usually do. Uh, right. They think that you need a lot more things to like make music but nah I, I didn't I didn't you know I just I just actually like I just put it down because I couldn't figure it out and then years later literally years later I uh, bought the beat pad and just started moving no that's bullshit awesome. yeah man that's awesome yeah because I didn't start on a beat pad I started on Ableton and that's where my like obsession came with it because just like you said looping like Ableton's a looping master <laughs> Like when yeah. you, um, the home the home screen of it is, and I I was just thrown in loops from Looperman, which I I don't know if you ever used Looperman, but I'm sure you have. Yeah, I've I've touched on it. I was never I never liked using preset loops. I always had a fascination with building my own loops. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I started the opposite. I was using other people's, and I was making a song out of their whole loops, like their drum the drum beat to the actual loop they made. So I was just pretty much putting their whole song together, and I'm sure they did the same thing. Like, but they actually made it. But I actually thought I was making music, and you know, soon, you know, going switching to Logic, I realized I was not making music. I was just arranging it, and that was that's that's one of my strongest. Getting to be my strongest thing is I'm such like a stickler on arrangement because if I make a hip hop song. You know, and it, you know, we're looping melodies, the same damn melody. So how do you arrange it to make it in interesting for like the artist and the listener? So I'm, I'm really fascinated with, you know, arrangement. I've always has been with that. Yeah, dude, that's, that's sick. Uh, got a, got a question for you. Yep. Where, uh, where did you get the name Baywood? <laughs> that's so funny. My first name, well, I, it was because I was like, oh my God. I'm done going under Jordan Rodriguez, Jordan JNR 16. Like I, my whole high school, I did not feel I was just a follower and I was just so unhappy with life. So I went soul searching too and I found music and I just started diving into that. And then after like a year in college, I was like, dude, okay, you know what? I'm finally, I want to come out, you know, because I still like for the first year, I didn't tell anybody I made music besides like a couple of friends. So I was at my friend's apartment and in my college town, Bowling Green, 
And I was like, dude, I want to make, I want to have a name and I want to have a name that represents all of us and like as a community. So it, I was like Baywatch and I was like, I just kept naming things like something, something one with nature. And then my buddy said, what about Baywood? I was like, what'd you just say? He was like, Baywood. I was like, dude, I don't know. It just was perfect. Once he said it, it was like one of those such, things that just connected like with me. It's like such a funny name to just like come up with it is. <laughs> out of nowhere. Because I, th- I actually it thought is. it was your name. I thought it was your name. And then I found a lot out, of people do. Yeah, I, th- I found out your name was Jordan. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. where do you come up with this? I know, and it, it's, it's just funny because like I was thinking, oh, you know what, Baywood is like it. It there's no. It's not a really cool story, but I was always thinking like. Baywood, you know, there's could be a lot of cool designs with that, like whether it's with wood, with with actual different types of wood or anything like that. But once I figured figured that out, I was like the Baywood community, and it really and it really only like only built a community because of you because you made that remix competition, which was the best thing ever. Uh, I gotta do another competition, dude. You really do. Competitions are so fun. And, you know, competitions are really actually hard to run. Like, you know, me doing it for, like, the amount of work you have to put beforehand, the amount of thought you have to put beforehand. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like planning any other event. It's like, how yeah. how are you going to plan this event? How are you going to get the most out of it? How are you going to make it as valuable as you can for everybody who is going to submit to it? Because cause you're good. It's not just like, it's not just like a raffle, you know, you're, you're hosting an event where people are going to put five days into a song, like mm-hmm. five hard days into a song, like minimum, because that's how long I think it takes to make a song. And, uh... And, like, even if it's not five days, people are going to put, like, extensive hours either way. Definitely. And to make definitely. it a song. So when they lose <laughs> the uh, competition, <laughs> what do they get out of it? Like, how can you still make it interesting? You know, so that's, mm-hmm. like, that's what's tough. And, like, how do you not discourage anybody? Because people do get discouraged. The music music industry is, like, one of the mo- is probably the most discouraging industry in the world. Oh my God, is it? Yeah, because not only do you have family that's you know can barely believe in you, you got friends that are doubting you. Oh, I got that. Yeah. Yeah, every, and everybody does because it's like, dude, it's a fa- it's really a fantasy. You're building a fantasy, and if you think you're gonna be the one in a million that make it, you're pretty crazy. But you know, obviously, we know it's 2018. You can obviously do anything. So. Yeah, but. yeah, you can. I, like, there's two times, I mean, I don't want to, like, drop numbers here, but I think there's a couple different types of ways you could really go with uh, a music career. Uh, one way is, you know, shoot for the stars and try to be the next Kanye, Jay-Z, Calvin Harris, Diplo. Um, yep. Or... You can shoot for something a little more realistic and then just, you know, shoot for the stars after you learn how to build something. And, like, that's, like, the way I do it or the way you're doing it. Uh, Pick something that you can do. You know, build a website. Build a mailing list. Build a small brand. You don't need to get signed to build a brand. And the truth is when you get signed, all they're really going to be doing is building your brand with a little bit of money backing you. So 
Like you Facts. with stuff we have today, like all the platforms, I think it's really easy to just get started with building uh, your brand, building your following, building your trust with the people that watch your stuff and listen to your stuff. And, you know, essentially you could have uh, a career on the road making music or a career behind your computer producing music for other people, uh, which, you know, would be sick to do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That That's actually really cool that... You know, I feel that's one of the biggest problems, and I, I know because you, 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 you help and teach a lot of a lot of artists, and you probably see that most where they're they're thinking the only way I can get a career is I got to be the next Martin Garrix. Oh yeah, I, I hate that. that when people I think hate that, that too. <laughs> you're like, oh well, I don't have enough money like you, or I don't have enough, I don't have enough followers like you, Alex. So how can I do that when? You know, I don't even have that. It's like, okay, we all start from the same spot. Yeah, you got it. You have to. <laughs> oh, they're not douchebags. <laughs> I know, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get the. You have to figure it out. That's what. That's what life is. It's just. It's figuring it out. You know, where is the, where is the next rung of the ladder? Um, somebody's gotten to that rung, and if you've not gotten there yet. It's not because you're not unlucky. It's just because you haven't figured it out. You know, mm-hmm. I, I uh, like if I look at my accomplishments, whether they're big to some people or minuscule to other people, I still had to figure out how to get that. Like, like uh, when, to develop a brand, you're going to need to dominate a platform, whether it be SoundCloud or Instagram or YouTube, you know, or Facebook, any of the major platforms. You're going to have to dominate one of those. And how are you going to do it? Because plenty of people have taken the first step, which is, you know, X amount of followers or X amount of people on your mailing list or X amount of ticket sales. Plenty of people have done all these first steps, uh, but you haven't. So you have to figure out how to get those first steps uh, before you can succeed to the bigger steps, which is... You know, uh, more like dreamy steps. Like, how do you become the next San Holo? How do you become the next yeah. Drulu or XXX Tentacion, something like that? You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. And did you start your SoundCloud before your YouTube or YouTube first? Was the YouTube your first platform you started on? No, SoundCloud was. And did you build a following on SoundCloud, or was it? No, I didn't know how. Uh, back back right. in that day. Now I get it. Now I understand. And what it. is that? What is it? What like consistency? That you Cons- posting consistency on SoundCloud. Consistency, yeah. Posting consistently, uh, following up consistently. You know, don't go begging all your uh, favorite favorite artists and DJs and rappers to fucking listen to your song because that's not <laughs> going to get you any followers. Like, you need to get one follower. Uh, mm-hmm. Find out what drew that one follower to you. Talk to them. Make, build a relationship with them. And ke- do whatever you can to keep that one follower around. And then next week, get another one. And then, you know, tomorrow, get another follower. So now you have three followers. So what can you do to keep them around while you're out getting more followers? And it's all just like an accumulation of 
uh, followers and audiences who um, appreciate your stuff and will be a super fan and not like ditch you uh, if you're good at that. But you have to be good at that, uh, keeping them around. A lot of people say yeah. like, oh, yeah, fake it till you make it. Pretend like you're famous and um, <laughs> <laughs> you pretend like you're already famous, even if you're not. And I see this all the time, like somebody will have a couple thousand SoundCloud followers, but they won't be interacting with any of them and they're too busy trying to look good and I've never seen you know I never see any of them interacting with their fans or anything and then a mm -hmm. year later they still have 2,000 followers because they were too busy yeah. trying to pretend when they should have been you know sucking these people's dicks <laughs> Lit uh, like honestly literally yeah. like you you have to keep what you have around because if they go away uh, new people, it's going to be harder to keep new people sticking around you. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's really, that's really cool. It's so short term. Like, I don't even know. It's the easy way to think about things. And the long term way is, you know, build a relationship every single day and build a real one and have a real conversation with people instead of trying to fool. The only person you're fooling at the end of the day is yourself. If you keep doing that. And that's a lot of people are really doing that. I see that all the time on all social medias. I don't understand it. Like I have people I see that are saying, uh, woke up super early to work on my album and you know, and they've never released a song before that. And I never even knew they made music and they yeah. talk about how hard they work on music. I'm like, really? I mean, you're kind you're what you put out in the world, the energy and the content you put out in the world is what you're going to get back and, back so i don't know why people that's where twitter is weird it's a weird place dude because people just talk you know they can say whatever and they can trick themselves into believing but you know their soundcloud their whatever their other platforms are not showing anything yeah yeah and that's so i want to go back into why you started really putting <clears throat> videos out on youtube because were you and what was the culture like for you know music producers on youtube when you started um, so when I, yeah, that was, that's interesting. Cause like when I started making tutorials and shit on, on YouTube, uh, there was a lot less of the guys you see out there now, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Zen world was small. Um, I actually, I, remember, I yeah. didn't even know about him at the time. I found out about him after I started producing, um, but Seamless R was my, like, probably my biggest, the biggest name in my life at the time. Uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to do what he was doing. And here's what I remember. He had hundreds of videos, and it was just him sitting behind his computer showing what he learned that day on FL Studio. And he had a, he had a massive following, probably, like, at the time it was only, like, 40,000. Now he's, like, well mm -hmm. over 100K, but... Um, he had like 40,000 subscribers and I was like, dude, if I had that, I don't even need to go on tour. I could just have that. No. And then, you know, they, uh, you, you, you earn whatever money that many followers can earn and you share as much value to them as, and actually like teach people and, and, and change lives. And, uh, yeah, I don't have to leave my room. I could just make music all day. Cause that's what I like to do. And cause, yep. cause that's essentially what I wanted to do. I just, I just want to make music. Like, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I just no. want to make music. Yep. 
Um, Same here. But yeah, he was doing his thing. Busy Works Beats was another guy. Uh, he was tiny when I back in that day when I yeah, started. Yeah, how many follow, How many subs did he have? I have no clue. I can't even think of that. I remember when he, right before he started actually hitting me up and getting into contact with me, um, he was sitting at around fifty thousand subscribers, and now he's at almost a half million. So that just kind of like shows like with de- some crazy Man, determination. Dude. Uh, correct content. You can really, you know, go out there and kill it. Wow! But half a million. Those were the oh only two I remember. God. Was Seamless and Busy Works Beats, and I wanted to be. Oh yeah, and and Digital Video Effects. He changed his name to Iconic, and stopped doing it for some reason. I would have never stopped doing it if I was him. But he went to like that kid. I remember he put out a video saying he was in college for music, and then I never heard from him again. Never seen another video. Wow. But he he was like one of the biggest guys. He had over 100,000 subscribers. Uh, wow. I was like, dude, I, I want to be that. <laughs> so you were way ahead of your time. What do you mean? Well, like just starting off because there's like that is the it's. I mean, it's still growing. Obviously, YouTube is obviously growing. But, you know, the fact that you saw a couple and you, you know, you just started doing it right when you started producing, too. Like, that's kind of crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Not a lot of people would ever do that. No, nobody would do that. People would people <laughs> want to wait until they're perfect before they start putting shit out. I'm like, dude, fucking stop. Just put it out. That, and when, That's why, yeah. When you're good, change your name to a different name. And then, you know, release all your good shit under your new name if you're afraid of, like, destroying your name. But um, you got to get used to putting it out because the guys who, who blow up are the people who've been getting good at releasing content and actually understand how the internet works. Whereas if you just start being, uh, you know, you just start releasing content like today and you've been waiting five years, well... Uh, bad news it's going to take you five years to figure out how to communicate with the internet (laughs) you know what i mean no that's the truest thing you ever said and that's what that you like like saying that like that's what really got me started into youtube because i was like dude i don't have to be a marketing expert like i can just learn as i go and that dude i'm not gonna and that's like that's that's what's holding a lot of people back and that's what was holding me back dude a couple months ago i was like dude it's not perfect it's not good enough and that's why I'm starting to release music under Baywood here in um like next month and I'm excited to and I was always like no I got to make I got to get my production perfect you know release have people you know Joey release and all these other people release and I make sure their stuff is good and then I'll start you know building a name for myself it's like dude it doesn't matter yeah it really that doesn't does, that doesn't matter cuz what can happen is like you you go give it a you know Give it your all for five years, put out your first song, and first guy that comments it on it is gonna say, Oh, you need to work on your bass lines. It sucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas yeah, through that's... the five years, like maybe you start releasing music the day you start producing. All you're gonna get is help from the internet. Like whether it's shitty help or good help or or somebody shitting on you because you suck um when you first start, <laughs> obviously, because everybody sucks. You can yeah. take what they actually say. Oh man, you so you can't even like do this or that. You can't. You're everything's out of key, bro. Like it doesn't matter how mean somebody is about it, if they're right about you know 
something like you can't write a melody or something because it's your first song you've ever put out, well, then you're going to go and be the best fucking melody writer you can be, like, or try to be and learn how to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. It's just like me. Like, I I still get... I can hear where my music isn't... Like, some a lot of my music isn't radio quality. It's not perfect yet. But, um... Since it's out there, I get to hear what people say. I get to share it with people uh, with big, uh, with big, um, you know, opinions. Oh yeah, one of my like, one of my big things recently is picking my favorite artists who have the most talent. Small time artists, like not they're not huge, but uh, some of them have like small record deals, so they're only a couple thousand big on SoundCloud or something. You know, uh-huh. stuff like that on Instagram. And I drop in their inbox and send them a message that I would want to get, you know, because I get a lot of messages too and a lot of beggars. I don't like beggars. But I'll, I'll say, uh, hey, man, I I would kill for feedback on my track. I will I would love to pay you for it. Um, but your, your opinion is worth it. And I send them my track and 100% of the time they don't even ask for the payment. But because I offered it, I get feedback from these people with big opinions and big, big uh, followings. So it's like stuff like that, like offer something, you know? Yeah, dude, that's that's so huge. And that's so like, that's so dope that you do that because the way you're thinking, you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking of the way that you would want to be asked, which is super dope way to think about things. Yeah. And especially that you offered them something that's like, Man, this guy's a nice dude. I like him. And, you know, that could even get them to work with you. Yeah, not that's how it, I'm going to... If it hasn't. That's how I'm, like, putting my foot in the door with a lot of these guys to kind of build connections is... Because I'm just going to keep following up. Just the, the the same way, like... I think about my, my situation. What's cool about my situation is uh, a lot of people view me as big uh, just because I've influenced them. Uh, it doesn't matter. If yes. You don't need a million followers to for other people to think you're huge in their life. Hundred um, percent. So a lot of people think I'm big, so they talk to me like I'm, you know, an influencer of them, and I get plenty of inf- inflows of, uh, you know, messages and requests and stuff like that. And there's like two types of people. There's the people that actually care. <laughs> Uh, you know, people that offer something, uh, whether they're asking for something, uh, you know, like feedback or asking for a project file, those are two general things that people ask. Um, whether they're asking for those things or not, uh, the, the people I like the most are the ones that offer something, that ask, ask how it's going. How can they help with the community? Could they do anything? Could they, they might be good at illustration. They might be good at video editing. Could they offer video editing skills? Um, and then I formed this relationship with them, and now we're cool. And then the other, the, the other spectrum of people that I, I don't like at all are the people that just ask for shit. <laughs> like, hey, can I have that can I have that break down the house uh, project file? Please, dude, please, like, please. And I'm like, please, please, dude. Yeah, my parents like, gave me everything I asked for. Please, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, stop. Let me rip my face off now, dude. <laughs> well, that'll answer your question. No. Like, uh, these project files, you could take this project file and it fucking potentially get signed with it. And, right. and that's it. And, and like, I gave it to him for nothing. I don't even like, I don't even know the person. 
you know? Right. And it's like your well, your revo- your world revolves around them. Remember, <laughs> it it does <laughs> so it does. But if you want something like that, like I give them free content with my videos. No, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like ta- you can learn how to do anything you want. My vi- I've taught everything I know in my videos. Um, but if you like actually want something like a project file that you know five years of my skill went into. Um, mm-hmm. Then offer me something, <laughs> just like when you're trying to. Ne- and it's not just me, like, but a lot of people have what these beggars want. Like, but like pe- a lot of people have what you want, so you have to learn how to build a relationship with them because that will go farther. You will get what you want when you build the correct relationship in the right way. Be polite, mm-hmm. and you know, ask what you can do in return. And sometimes don't even ask. You just ask them how they're how 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 things are like how uh, let them know you're an ins- they're an inspiration to you. you know be do some kind of thing like that before you start you know requesting from them because yeah everybody has something you want but you have to get it like make them like you and they'll give yeah. it to you. Give value or you know give appreciation or something like that yeah, makes them feel good. Like the best the best like you know. Definitely not at that scale yet, but, you know, when people message me, like, you know, hey, dude, like, I see you out here, like, you're helping me a lot, you're freaking killing it. Those messages, I always make my day, and it's, they're not even asking for anything, but if they did ask for something after that, I'd be like, yeah, whatever you need. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like, that, that, the appreciation is really, like, cool, because it's like, even through social media, some most of the time it's negative stuff that we're like, you know, consuming. Um, especially on Twitter. Oof. But um it's like when you see these like people like appreciating you, like damn Alex from you fucking changed my life. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's sick. I love that. Like that's what we do it for though. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I want cause cause then what happens is like years later these people come back to you. Like, you know, they might have gone through something in their personal life or whatever. I don't know. And yeah, they'll say something like, hey, man, I remember your videos from three years ago. Uh, like, thanks so much. I, I think I've been thinking about every time I think of music, uh, I think of your name or they say something like crazy like that. I'm like, dude, that's sick. Wow. That's awesome. That man. is sick as hell. Yeah, dude. I, I'm just imagining how many people in a couple years are. Um, EDM guys that watch your content that learn how to produce from you. That's what's going to be crazy. Yeah. If not that, already. I want to see somebody. I want to see somebody like, who's followed my videos pop up into the mainstream. That would be tight. There will be. There that would has be so to be. tight. Yeah, dude. Uh, you working on any projects now? Y- y- oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm working on like... I. I'm gathering, you know, five of my own songs to start releasing. I have a Deep House track, a future-based cinematic track, uh, a lot of future-based, but kind of like future-based hip-hop tracks, I would say, mainly, that I'm pretty excited about that I'm releasing on my own, and then I'm working on, you know, six tracks with Joey, so we, we're going to the, you know, that studio to record professional vocals there and get, um, you know, mastering done at that studio the end of this month you know actually in like six days so i'm pretty excited about that so i'm just preparing for that and then i'm working with uh working with an artist signed uh uh amg which is 
affiliate of Sony Records, and he's from Canada, and I'm really excited about this dude because he has a he has this really unique dude. Canadians have really cool accents. I noticed that. I didn't ever notice that. <laughs> they do, they have distinctive accents for sure. So distinct, and it's like hip hop when they're when this guy's rapping, it just sounds so cool. But I'm just trying to collab with as many people as possible, and just trying to you know. A lot of people just keep asking to collab, and like you said, like when they're just asking to collab, I don't really like to collab unless they send me something or I yeah, send them like something. Yeah, like collab with a bro, man. Collab with someone who's willing to be a bro. You right. Know? Like, you know, it's just, it, it's like, hey, you want to collab sometime? I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. If you had to have something ready, though, if you're going to ask me to collab or something, but... <laughs> I'm yeah, really dude. just trying to work on as many songs as possible, especially because I got the Beat Hub going. I have 10 What's beats beat on hub? there so far. It's just a little beat page uh, um, and a website with me and Bardo. Um, is it? Are you guys releasing video content for that, or like YouTube? I I have specific thumbnails for it. You can check it out right now. But uh, yeah, it's for just YouTube because I he's from he's from. West Coast. He's from Cali, so it's like he has a whole different sound. And I just, I was getting so tired of just holding my beats, so I just had to put them up there. Is it called the Beat Hub? I'm like trying to look at this. There, dude, I know there's a lot of Beat Hubs, but just look up Beat Hub Baywood Bardo, or it should pop up. But I'm pretty excited about it because, you know, the branding is pretty nice on it, as you'll see. I can't find it, bro. I'll, I'll send you a link. It's It has, like, two subs. That's why. Yeah, dude. Send, send that to me. That's awesome. So you're grinding. You're grinding. Yep, just grinding. I'm, like, I'm like stuck on this. Uh, You know, I've been having this not really a creator's block, just a... Uh, a directional decision like do i want to stay in edm and get as good as i can at edm or do i want to go into you know the pop sort of style that i've been doing lauren or mm -hmm. do i want to go crazy with hip-hop beats because i can make a perfect hip-hop beat you're... and i can do them fast and i can do them every uh, day you know what i mean yeah i i think you should do it all what do you mean <laughs> 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 just do it all dude see that's okay that's okay i sent you that link so while i'm talking just check that out um the funny thing about us creators is that we always try to create a structure and boundaries when we don't really need them we try to limit ourselves and i think that's just from society in general but we don't we can literally do anything because we're creators <laughs> we can but we we you don't want to over create with no direction that's what i think facts but for laura for um but for her you're doing pop stuff and okay that's her that's her brand like help her build that brand for herself that's what, i don't think you should be that last song you didn't release under you did release under your name yeah we, we released it under both of our names so like alex rome x lauren panic Got you. So it's got both of our names on it. And here's why. Because unless, like, Interscope Records is picking you up, unless they're picking you up, have your name on any anything you can get it on. You know what I mean? That's true. Just so, That's like, true. people, like, know where it came from. Um, I, I have a lot of 
you know, there's plenty of people waiting to see what I'm working on. And if I keep putting her name on everything, well, then nobody's going to know what came from me. And I'm not so- – and, like, usually uh, when, when you title a song, titling a song like that uh, where it's, like, a song that kind of aligns with pop and the producer doesn't get credit, that's, like, a mainstream thing. Usually – that's that's very mainstream to do. So like if you're not signed to a mainstream label, or if you're not signed to a label at all like me, like nobody owns me. So yeah, I'm going to have my name on everything I produce because I'm allowed to. And that's basically and you're what the, that is. Yeah, you're the creator of it. You're you know. Yeah. And it's like I don't that's what I don't really get. Like that's dude, the whole beat thing like you know, a lot of these producers don't want your, or a lot of these artists don't want your tag on it or don't want to put produced by. It's like, dude, oh my God, that's what annoys me the most. Like, okay, do you know the producer's just as important, if not more important, than the artist because what comes first? Well, yeah, producers Whatever. make producers make the song sound good. Yeah, and the engineer just puts the, you know, the cherry on top, and the artist is what. You engineer know, engineer should be credited equally as well. That's yes, my 100%. opinion. I mean, 100%. come on. Clean. I, but it's not. I don't I don't know. Yeah, what are your more thoughts on this whole thing? Like, art, it's so weird. I don't like the whole ghost producer thing unless you're paid to do that. But, you know, this it's a weird little thing where producers aren't getting enough credit. I know. And that's a fact because if you go on Spotify, you're not going to see the producer. You're going to see the artist. Um, yeah, producers don't get enough credit. Engineers really don't, don't get enough credit, <laughs> especially up and coming engineers. Like I don't know honestly, the the only way to, that I could think of, like if I wanted to be an industry engineer, then what I would do is just have to get there through working for a studio with high yes, credits. 100%. Like with, with yes. street cred, you know what I mean? And then that's yep. it. Like I've never I since I, until like now, the biggest, I've only really learned about two music engineers along with the thousands and thousands of artists that I've seen in my time alive on earth. Like engineers aren't even showed to the world and they're the ones that make the song sound good. That's a craft. Yeah. That's incredibly, that's incredibly difficult. Like it's probably one of the hardest jobs is engineering a song, mixing and mastering it. And I've and and these guys just aren't credited. And that's what's crazy to me. And I I 100% agree like it's the most important job because and hard, hardest job because you know, as a producer, you're creating what you want to, but as an engineer, you have to you have to make it exceed their expectations like how they want it. So you're working on all different genres and like Dave Pensado, let's look at him. I know you know of him. Yeah. That's he's an engineer. And the only reason he's recognized is because of his TV show and because he does a lot of, you know, events and stuff. Well, he and... markets himself like a yeah. boss. Like, that is crazy like boss, awesome. Yeah. Um, on that note, though, <laughs> well, I guess this is kind of like a side note. Yo, do you know Diplo hasn't made a song in years? What? Do you, who's making songs for him? His fucking his ghost producer, bro. Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris hasn't made a song in years. Yeah, I actually, I I did. I, I I can't give names here, but I talked to a couple dudes behind the scenes who actually work 
for those people. They're the managers of those people. I got to speak with them. Uh, I can't can't say how because you really don't want to blow covers like this. Right. <laughs> right. But um, yeah. There's a. Uh, I I even know the ghost producer's name and everything. Um, still trying to figure out how to find him and hit him up. But uh, these ghost producers for like Diplo and Calvin Harris and Martin Garrix, who also doesn't make a hundred percent of his songs anymore. Um, these these that. people are Diplo like will drop twenty thousand dollars on a uh, good ghost production, and you know Calvin Harris has a steady ghost producer who you know will get paid ten twenty even thirty thousand dollars they said uh, up to thirty grand for a track uh, under Calvin what? Harris's name and nobody knows these ghost producers uh, besides you know the people behind the scenes. Because if you think about right. it, if you think about it, it makes sense. It does. Like, why why would Cal- Calvin Harris make that music? Because <laughs> like he's just an image now. Once yeah. you're an icon, an image, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> like, I would never. I listened to his newest songs, which obviously sound nothing like the songs that made him famous, which were actually somewhat good. Listen right. to the songs now. Those those really shitty pop songs, and you realize like. Wow, dude, they, he didn't make this. His record company gave this song to him. And, and and this song is selling because his name is on it. And now now that's a big just a brand and that's it. That's and and I and I still respect it because like you could look at, you know, all the singers and stuff. Half more than half of the singers that are in, you know, on the radio and stuff aren't writing their stuff. No, they're not. No. There's dude, like uh Dua Lipa Dude, I, I learned this by talking to him, too. Um, Dua uh-huh. Lipa has a guy who makes all of her melodies and says, wow. sends sends her melody. So this guy is also uh, signed by the label as a melody producer. That's all oh he does. Oh, my God. It's just write melody. It's the same guy who writes melodies for Martin Garrix. People who oh, think wow. Martin Garrix writes his melodies, you're you're wrong. Martin mm-hmm. Garrix wrote his melodies back when he produced Animals and Virus and Tremor. That's when Martin Gar- Garrix was behind those songs. Now he's a pop producer, so these labels have yep. uh, these very experienced melody writers, very experienced songwriters who arrange the song for them, very experienced engineers who I wish I could meet, but unfortunately nobody knows these people. <laughs> you know, Those are the people who actually put these songs together uh when you hit that level of mainstream but like i get it because then you know i get it too yeah that makes sense like i, I would like... kill it that that would like if i always think like if, if i was that big face yeah i mean the the songs that i'm producing now uh have to be mainstream and you know shit that i wouldn't wouldn't like to produce because it's boring like mainstream yeah. pop stuff is boring so I, Zed I wouldn't has to have it. Zed has a ghost producer then because that's the most like Lord him Zed yeah he might I mean I don't know I don't know I can't He's say pop. that he is uh but one thing he did do is build a million dollar studio in in that new house so oh, okay. so like I don't know maybe he make maybe he does produce his songs maybe he gets a lot of help with it because that's like. I know, like, Martin Garrix doesn't have a ghost producer, or I think. I'm not 100% sure about him. All I know is Diplo and Calvin Harris, so I can't just 
say shit and without any information. But um, right. I know Martin Garrix has a lot of help, like t- a team of people helping him. He has put one together. of the greatest teams ever. Like, yeah, dude, that and it's a really cool team. Like, you can tell definitely that teams you, you can't do it without a team. I mean, that's yeah. It's just like it's Zed. Like if he has a deadline for a song, not everybody can just shit out a, a perfect song for the radio. You know what I mean? So yeah. he's got te- you know people on his team that could probably help him do that. Um, and that's how mainstream music is made. But that's specifically that's mainstream. You know, uh, yeah. it's a lot of, like people who never go that far as being just. Every song is on the radio. Uh, there's still big artists who aren't on the radio who make all their shit. And, like, that's very right. respectable. And they could be getting paid more. We don't know. Who knows, dude? Because, like, I was thinking, dude, maybe that's why a lot of artists are creating their own record labels. Like, Dim Mac for Steve Aoki. Like, he could just be, oh, yep, that's a great song from you. That's going under my name. Yeah, because you're on my record label. That's, I mean, that would make only sense. Like Martin Garrix has his own record label. All these people you just talked about have their. A Diplo has his own record label. So it seems like you know the people with the record labels are the ones that are having a lot of help. Yeah, yeah, I totally. Get I would that. do the same thing. To be honest, I would do the exact same thing. I mean, it, it makes sense. Like if I if I went mainstream, and all these mainstream songs were under my name. Dude, I mm-hmm. wouldn't want a fucking thing to do with those shitty songs. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, but yeah. I would continue producing the songs that I actually like to make on my own time for me. Dude, I have yeah. to, I've, and, I've and now, play them at shows. Yeah, I've like, yeah, play them at the small shows, play them at the small coffee shops. Like, like even if I was big, I would still kill to do small shows or yeah, yeah small shows, small clubs, small, mm-hmm. you know, uh dinner venues, small coffee venues, shit like that, um, and actually play the stuff that is good, you know, vibey, tasteful music. Pop music yep. isn't, isn't tasteful to me. It's just that's music that is made so that people can easily enjoy it, you know? Yeah, yeah and sing it easily. They'll know the words yeah. right off the top. Yeah, I mean, that that's... That's 100% facts. That's really interesting that you brought up. I never even really thought about that, to be honest. And that's really cool that you say that. Like, especially... So what are your thoughts on, like, you know, DJs and, you know, the route of going to be a DJ and playing your own shows? Is that something you're interested in? Here's my my thing with, like, clubs will always need a good DJ and good music, good club music. There's nothing that can rock club like club music, like dance music and EDM. It's my opinion. The only issue that I ever had with EDM is that it can't stay... Where it's at right now can't stay cool forever. Uh, Hip-hop always evolves and is always the sound of it is always going to slightly change. And more and more people are always going to be listening to hip-hop because it's becoming more and more mainstream. The issue mm-hmm. with EDM is what happened What happened with EDM is when it went all the way up to like 8 or 9% of market share 
when it was mainstream, when it was actually on the radio and drops. Like festivals? Yeah. Festivals and stuff? Well, not so much festivals. Festivals are going to play EDM no matter what. Um, but when it was actually on the radio and mainstream, uh, that's when... I remember that. That was like 2012, 2013, uh, 2011. That's when EDM was just like... It, it was so big. Like You could turn on the radio and hear Big Room House drops. That, yeah, like that was insane. Yeah, that that was insane to me. Um, but what happened was, it couldn't keep that industry market share. So like, it was like around, like I said, it was like eight or nine percent, I think, tops. But now it's all the way down at three percent market share. That's insane, industry market dude. share, which means more people have ditched EDM for genres like. Uh, and I'm talking about consumers. Consumers have ditched streaming EDM for stuff like pop and hip hop and stuff like that. So why did EDM lose all that momentum? And it's just like what I'm saying now is it the sound can't be that cool for that much longer. Like how long are people going to want to hear the next big drop? You know, yeah. how long do dro- are drops going to sound cool? Like drops used to sound, drops used to be like a lifesaver to me. Like when I hear a new drop, I it would make my day, dude. Like, oh my God, this yeah. is the thickest thing ever. But like now it's, now it's just like, okay, well, I think I've heard every drop, every variation of a drop that I could have ever hear- heard. And it's, why isn't it as cool to me anymore? Like, why? Yeah. And that's my problem with wanting to produce a genre that is just dying with me, dying within me. Because it's also mm-hmm. dying with from a lot of people. A lot of people can't stand hearing EDM anymore because it had a lot of trouble evolving. And if you listen to, like, if you go on Trap Nation, which would be, like, the industry standard for uh, as mainstream EDM as you could get, it's all yep. remixes. Right. So which which means it's just all it's clickbait music. It's it's like uh, you know Lil Pump, uh, Jaws remi- re- Jaws remix. You know. Yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, XXX Tentacion, so and so remix. Uh, Taylor Swift, so and so remix. It's ra- It's a rarely that you find you know these original artists that are killing it, but there still are. You know, and and that question is, how are they doing it? How do they plan on staying afloat? There's just, you know, it's not, it's, the industry's not dead. It's just, how is it going to evolve? And that's what I don't know. So this is my theory on it that you say that. Okay, so the, I think, okay, so I played, I've tried to play EDM everywhere. Like I played it. So, you know, you got 90s hip hop and which is some of the grooviest stuff to dance to. But it's fun to, you know, uh, sit at a crowd and listen to EDM when it's loud and stuff. But, you know, chilling with your friends, you know, driving, doing, you know, laying on a beach or doing anything like that. It's so much better to listen to hip hop, dude. I don't know why, but it's so much better. I, I get it. I get it. And like when I'm at a when I'm at a party or when I'm on vacation with yeah. a group of people and, you know, me. I'm gonna. I listen to a lot of EDM, so I naturally, naturally, it's just like I'm gonna be bumping to EDM. But everybody around me is gonna eventually start saying like, 
oh, dude, I'm so done with Electron. I like, come on, stop. And I just think, like, why are these people done? Why why am I in a room with seven people and 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 all seven of them are, are sick of hearing this, but you could play, like, pop music or hip-hop, and they don't get, and they're singing they don't, it. And they don't get bored it. of it, you know? Every right. song comes on, and they'll just, like, you know, they'll hit a song that they all like. But I'm the only yeah. guy in the room that likes EDM. Like, how, why? Like, why isn't it that... Why does it not click with everybody and that's what's that's what's so tough about it you know it's like it's hard music industry is fucking hard and then you like listen to pop music and that it is edm pop music it is is evolved edm um uh, it's like that classic tropical house beat is under every major singer has done a song like if you listen to julia michael's newest song that's a yep. tropical house beat, dude. <laughs> yep. Justin Bieber sang over all those tropical house sounding things like uh, a couple years ago. Uh, Rihanna has sang over some some sort of tropical house arrangement. Kygo, it blew up it, the into shit. the mainstream from tropical house. Like that genre made it, that subgenre made it to the pop, but it's still not. It's like, but now it's like not EDM. It's like it's not no, like I, it's not like you can't just they'll call it Caribbean Caribbean. Yeah, it's just like something weird like that. Like and, and if you were to make that same song without a vocalist, which would just be like an EDM club style beat, it won't mm-hmm. be as cool anymore. Cause now people want the vocals, they want the pop vocals on it. And that just steers me back to okay, find a lucrative genre like hip hop or pop. And try to do as best as you can there, but then yeah. again, you know who the fuck know who knows what the right right move would be. Yep, yeah, I'm just trying to I'm I'm just releasing everything, seeing what sticks because really I get more happy, you know, making a wavy trap beat and hearing a dope ass hook on it, and that's what gets me super excited. I'm like, oh my god, like this is amazing, like it, it just fits so perfect. That's why I'm like. Do even going harder on that because first off it's a lot quicker to make those but what makes it is that you know that melody or something connecting with the rapper that's getting on it and that hook like if things are perfect it's gonna work out so perfect and it's so much fun dude like i don't know how many you know rappers you've got on your trap beats but once you do it's a very addicting oh yeah yeah i totally get what you mean like that's the missing half. That's the drop of it, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. That's like that's a like if I could if I could say if I could kind of inference on where uh where drops are going and where they went. I think it's or where music is in general. I think the best song in the world right now would be that song that still has that idea of... So, like, what EDM... I think what EDM brought to the table was that really exciting chorus that everybody called a drop, you know? Yeah. That's what EDM brought us. And, like, now everybody's always expecting some sort of beat to drop with some sort of catchy sound in, in you know, this song. So I would say every song needs that really important beat drop, that really important hook, that really like that re- super important part of the song 
um, that's not just a chorus, but it's like a really special chorus. Like, you know, take for example, Gucci Gang. You know, Gucci Gang is a fat 808 with a repeated phrase, Gucci Gang, spread over the top of it a million different times. And that's fucking awesome. People like that. That's like a drop, but with vocals on it. You know what and I mean? they can say it easier, yeah. And they can, and and they easy can for say them to it, scream yeah. out. Exactly, exactly. And if you watch one of his concerts, it's like, holy mother of God, you want to be there. Like, you want to be at this. When everybody's screaming at the top of the lung, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Like, oh my God. I think you're right. That's, that's, that is the move. Like, what's 6ix9ine, Takashi 6ix9ine? His stuff is so easy to scream out. Yeah. That, yeah. I feel like that's going to be the type where you listen with your friends and you're all singing together. But, you know, with other stuff, it's like, you know, it kind of creates that it creates friction where, you know, especially like a like a dope ass rapper, like they're very conscious and, you know, talking about dope shit. You can't always listen to that stuff. Their concerts are not going to be the most fun. Like J. Cole's concerts is not going to be the most fun, even though on his new album, he did a lot of that fun shit. But you're there. There's two different types of music, things that make you think about something or things that make you want to party. I don't know. Or, you know, curl up in a ball or anything like that. But it's what lane do you want to go in? Or I feel like you can go in all the emotions. Like, you can make that party music. You can make the chill, vibey music. I think that's the way even be more diverse. So you, your listeners can listen on a nice cruise. They can listen on a nice beach with some, you know, fun, like, relaxing shit that makes you want to sink in the sand. You can listen to a group around friends, and you can listen to it at a goddamn raging party. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. I think every music needs obviously all or every music, all music yeah. besides you know rock is a little different. Um, but if you're making yeah. music electronically, whether it's pop, hip hop, or EDM, it it needs that big bass line that translates yeah. to a party. Um, yep. But also, you know that lead that translates to any situation uh you know a laid back chill sesh with your bros uh a party a you know a song to listen to while you're driving so like if you get that lead translates to all those things the baseline will do its job in the clubs and yep. you know the rest of the song will do its job on shitty speakers and good speakers and stuff like that that's a song that translates and works well to everywhere. Yeah. To everything. And that's, that's the kind of music we should be striving to make, like things that trans translate well, that have a message for, you know, someone that's alone, that have a message for someone to party. They're right, dude. Any, and be different and be different. Like don't, don't go, (laughs) don't go on to spinning records and try to make the easiest song you can find. Um, because somebody's already doing that and that's what, that's what's called generic that's generic now um instead of like you know instead of trying to copy people maybe sit down listen to a million different songs of other genres listen to your favorite songs from spinning records suicide sheep wherever it is that you like to get music and sit down and actually try to make something different try to evolve it or make or copy it exactly whatever you're trying to make and then Fix it a little bit. Touch it up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, start bending the rules. If a normal yeah. big room house drop sounds like this, well, how can you sound a little bit different but still make something interesting? Because people 
will like stuff that's interesting or weird or, or you know, odd. People like that. Mm-hmm. And the yeah, same... And yeah. That's amazing because, yeah, and if people want feedback before they... They can go on your website, right? Because you got the feedback. Yeah, dude. We offer... That thing's awesome. We offer that's... track feedback, email coaching, and that's like a totally good time. Yeah, that's definitely awesome. Especially, you know, people like that are, you know, doing a lot of contests and that need that real good feedback, especially from someone like you. And that's that's like cool that we have platforms to do that on. And I know when, before, you know, I released my you know, EDM songs and hip hop songs. I'm sending them them in to there because feedback, real feedback is essential. Feedback from your parents or, you know, family ain't going to work out too well, but uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, like, that's dope. Yeah, dude. But so what do you, what do you think? What, what do you, what is your favorite thing to make right at this moment? You said you're struggling between what to do. What is it that you're, I like making music sound good. Doesn't matter like what it is. That's just I've learned right. that about me as a producer. Um, I obviously like the simplicity of sitting down and making an EDM song that doesn't require anybody's effort besides me, my own yeah, effort. Yeah. Um, but I dude, I just like making everything. I, I like making hip hop because I like making mixing vocals. I like making EDM yes. when I have no vocals because it's easy. And yeah. I can sit down and do it. I like making this this pop style. It's not fully pop music because it's still a little, you know, it's not radio worthy, worthy some of the lyrics she uses. But um, I like making that, you know, that vibey uh, shit with Lauren because that's yeah, like, no, that's it's fun. Nice. It's, it's fun music to make and it's not that difficult to make. So I can like make that and then I get a whole load of mixing practice uh, with doing that stuff. So... I like to do that. I like to make music sound good, and it doesn't matter what kind of music it is, as long as it came from my hands. Exactly. Like I'll do that. And I'm a producer. Yeah. I never said I was a DJ. I was never DJ Alex Room. A lot of people consider me a DJ or think I'm a DJ, but actually I'm not. I'm a producer. I've never DJed in my life. So. Well, like the you know the the route people you know, believe you take after, you know, being a producer because you're actually an artist once you start releasing music under your own name as a producer and you're getting, which, you know, obviously the EDM people made that a big thing and DJ Khaled made that a huge thing. But it's like the next thing, if you're going to play shows, you got to be able to DJ. And I, I, th- I think it's interesting, but like before I ever do my own shows, like I'm doing other artists that I make beats for shows and I have a couple shows in like August, but it's like, you know, I'm going to pre-make a set anyways. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're actually going to do anything. You're just going to be a hype man. So it's yeah. like... DJing's cool. Like, DJ, DJing is cool because you control the crowd. Um, yeah, that's what. I, that's why I became a producer because when I saw Flume, I was like, dude, the way he just controlled my body and my mind, the way I felt and everybody around me was like, I need that s- sort of thing to happen in my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. And, like, I'm thinking about, because, like, lately I've been thinking about what EDM artists are really, really killing it. Like, who are the, like, when Martin Garrix was killing it back in 2012, 13, and 14, and Avicii and all them, who would be today's... Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Avicii. Who, who would be... Who would be those versions today? Who Who's, like, in place of those people 
today, like the uh, innovative EDM artists, and like there's just Flume. not enough of them. Like, <laughs> you know there's, what I mean? There's not, but the, Flume has to be one of them. Because no, he no, no, no. I and to be honest, he had. I think. Yeah, he's he's very steady. He's good at being on the radio, uh, good at getting songs oh, on the radio. Oh, I got you. He's steady. I like them. But he already, we all know Flume. He's been killing it. But who are the new, fresh guys? Like I'm talking about, like when Avicii put out Levels, he was the he was so oh, popping, dude. I got you. Uh, I got when you. when Garrix put out Animals, he was popping. You know, when when people were, were first discovering Tiesto and Armin, they were popping. Well, who's still going worldwide today? Like, is it San Holo and Drulu? Because they're not even on the radio, you know? No, they're not even that um, big, so. And, and they're not that big, but they are, like, hands down the hottest, some of the hottest names in EDM. Chainsmokers. Uh, yeah, I hate to say that. Yeah, but they've, you know. They, they went pop. They went but that pop. was like two years ago. I'm talking about like right now, they they did okay. they did their thing, um, dude. Uh, whoever's headlining festivals right now, like, uh, is it the same? Is Google it the same? Search. Is it the same guys as we were doing it five I years mean, ago? I Mar- mean, Martin Garrix is uh, he just won the top DJ whatever they do it last year. Yeah, uh, and that's what's like what worries me is like where's the new guys at? Like, there's new hip hop artists every fucking year. Um, and then there's these yeah okay and then, I got you. and then the artists like Kendrick Lamar is doing these new groundbreaking albums like every other year you know his his album yep. last year sold more albums than any like any album in the world or something like that yep you know what i mean like what yeah. EDM artists oh, Deza. are doing that? oh Deza. hey oh headlined oh they were pretty close to headlining Coachella oh yeah Elenium, oh my, Elenium's huge. San Holo was still up there too. Uh, and this is Lewis the Child. Wow, they were pretty close to headline. They're not close, but you're right, dude. Hip hop, I mean. Yeah, but the, the hip hop artists who were up there headlining, they're like, they're worldwide headlining, or, you know, on the radio and doing stuff like that. Ultra, I'm gonna look up Ultra Miami. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong and I'm just bitching. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Like, it's like we all know the hip hop people that are known right now, but we can't even come up with five. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can easily tell you who just released an album in hip hop, and, and that shit is like, it's radio in the radio flow. That stuff is getting played at, you know, all the parties, uh, all the, you know, all the clubs, and then. EDM is just still it has trouble breaking through the surface no matter how big the artist is you know what I mean yeah dude I've yeah I'm only seeing the same people from five years ago which is really weird David Guetta yeah like when and when people aren't blowing up in an industry that's when I think like all right something needs to change somebody's got to do something different one of the big guys has to hire a new face. Like, get Getter does. Getter's pretty good, but like Getter, yeah. Like, but where's his, where's his radio flow? And like, he might not. And like, that just might be where EDM is going because he's got a lot of. He's got like he's good on YouTube. He's good on Instagram. Um, Ramzoid's a new new EDM artist. Uh, well, he's not new. He's been doing yeah. it for years. But uh, he's like nightmare. He, nightmare. He's, nah, he's kind of he's been around. Um, uh, Ramzoid, 
but Ramsoid's style of touching his fans, like he does the YouTube videos, he does SoundCloud, he does well on Instagram, like maybe that's just how it's done in, in this sort of industry. Like you have to build your own world with it. You know what I mean? You, you, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a lot of gatekeepers in EDM. I think that's what there is, is because happening. it was over corporate. <laughs> it's over corporate over no shit. Holy crap. I mean, if you look at all these festivals, they're just that's a huge business. And that's how you can tell everything's getting over corporate. They're trying to do it to hip hop. But I think the gatekeepers, you know, they will all they always end up going away because technology advances them. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But that's so interesting that you brought that up, dude. I didn't even think about that, man. I, I and dude, lately I've been listening to more hip hop, and I didn't even realize that. I don't even think. I don't even really think about like EDM as much as I did like six months ago, or I don't even care to go to a music festival as much as I did when I went to Ultra. You know, after I yeah, went, and like, like okay, how how cool could, how cool are EDM festivals after you've been to them all? You know, right? And you you know what's cooler than festivals? To be honest, small concerts with a a dope ass DJ. Like when I saw Flosser Damas at a small venue in Detroit, Michigan, best experience. It tops everything I've seen at Ultra. Like honestly, yeah. And I'm telling you, like if you ever get a chance to see someone like Floss, they had a hype man. You know, the one of the dudes hype man, but highly suggest like dude, the small EDM concerts are so much better. I think actually any concert that's small, small venue is 100% better cuz you get that more like intimate, more bass, more everything. Yeah. But festivals, I don't I don't think I don't see how festivals how many of them will survive in like 5 years when Uh, I don't know. That's what they were saying like <laughs> 4 years ago. They were saying dude. like uh, you know, UMF was gonna die. Ultra Music Festival was gonna die out, and I always knew it's not, it's not gonna die out. There's there's always gonna be a market for festival genres. Um, I think whoever is in charge of their marketing, like Rolling Loud, you've heard of that, right? No. Uh, Rolling Loud is just it's for all the freaking new guys, like all those new. But it's like they put a oh they put an influencing marketing campaign behind this that was so good that. They announced it the day after it was almost sold out because they had so many influencers talking about, oh my God, if they had this festival called Rolling Loud and they started doing all the new hip hop artists, it'd be the dopest festival ever. And literally, they, and it was such a good marketing campaign that, you know, every, you know, you know, uh, stuck up white kid is trying to go to these concerts. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny, but I think it's all marketing for festivals. Well, I mean, like, festivals is just big wig, big wigs trying to throw a party. <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's it. That's all bad. it is. Like, and it's either you'll get good big wigs who under understand people and understand the business, or you get the money hungry ones. And EDM became infested with that the the money hungry ones, and that's what can really fuck shit up for everybody, dude. You know what I mean? Damn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm glad we talked about that, dude. Glad we talked about a lot of things. We'll definitely have more podcasts in the future. Yeah. I hope you, you facts. I hope people don't think I hate EDM because I don't. I'm just worried no. about it. I'm just worried about it. You know, because I and anybody who who works in the industry like I do, I teach a lot of EDM people. Um, you want you want your your genre to be secure, and you don't want the leaders, the industry leaders, to fuck shit up. So you know, 
Very well said. It should yeah, be thought about. It should, everybody should be thinking about me. it. It's definitely, you know, yeah, you're an educator. It's good to think about, and it's good for other people to think about. So I'm glad we talked about that. But I'm glad you guys tuned in for this podcast. If you would like to be on this podcast, just DM me, and we'll get something going. I love, We love talking around here. About any, any artist, it's fun to do this and really learn and deep dive into other people's life, and especially yeah. we want to thank Alex Rome for being Let's on this it. podcast on the Baywood Talk Show. My name is J-Rod with Baywood, and this was the Alex Rome word, interview. Word, word. Peace!